Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. Well, we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, and especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices to be found only in the minds of men. The military-industrial complex not only controls our government, but they control our culture. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. They do not fulfill that promise. They never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had been and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Pray on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. You can deny all the things I've seen, all the things I've discovered, but not for much longer, because too many others know what's happening out there. And no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. It's about time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. Freedom is the privilege to be right. Freedom from the disasters of our mistakes. It's the heart that says, I will not acquiesce. Across the gulf of space, intellects, vast and cool and unsympathetic, regarded our planet with envious eyes. 
Each of us, when separated, is always looking for our other half. And the desire and the pursuit of the whole is called love. Heart perception will change everything. Welcome to the Secret Teachings Radio Broadcast. I'm your host, Ryan Gable. Thank you for joining us this morning, this afternoon, tonight, whenever and wherever you are listening around the world on the Fringe FM or on one of the many podcast platforms or on the website. We welcome you to The Secret Teachings. Thank you for taking the time out of your life to join us for what we have to discuss. If you missed any of our shows from this week, we spoke with Leo Zagami on Tuesday about exporting from the meta curse and rejecting the reset. We talked about Pond's Playground or Mammon's Domain on Monday. These are the show titles. And last night we spoke with Derek Murphy about a number of similarly related subjects, focusing specifically on the IHU, the new COVID variant that literally is defined etymologically as a variant of Jesus. That is literally how the word is defined. It is defined as a variant of Jesus. And the word means God saves. That's what the word and the name means. So taking that and following it through from the Omicron, which means the little O, the little beginning of the end, because Kron is time, it is the little beginning of the Omega, the little beginning of the end. And we know from the book of Daniel, it is the little horn that replaces the three other horns perhaps the Vatican, the financial power in London, and Washington, D.C., the president, pope, and queen. The fourth horn is the fourth industrial revolution, the rise of the fourth Reich, the year of the tiger is the thousand-year reign of the tiger, according to Chinese myth, and the tiger from Ursa Major, it is derived, where we also get the swastika. So 2022 starts off with a bang. The year of the tiger, the year of the thousand-year Reich, dominated by the symbol of the swastika, and it begins at the ending of Omicron in 2021 with God saving us, the Ihu, which is literally a variant of Jesus. And any variant of Jesus, anything that is not the true Savior, is of course a false prophet, a false Savior, a false Messiah. It is the Antichrist, as we've been talking about for many months here on The Secret Teachings. And it's just one of those things where if you tell somebody that, they're, they're either afraid or they just don't care. That seems to be where everybody has their perception focused. They either don't care, they're over it, they're done with it, or they think that it's the end of the world, literally. And it's, it's kind of interesting because the people who really are into this and think it's the end of the world, and now there's a combination of the flu and covid It's called Florona, you know, Florona. And so those are the kinds of people that just seem like uh, they're less susceptible to hearing the esoteric nature of what these words mean. And it's interesting because they think that this is the end of the world, it seems. It's what it sounds like on the media, the news every night, pretty much every radio show, uh, news outlet, every, you know, video broadcast, everything that you see, everything you tune into, everybody you talk to, it's the end of the world and yet they seem to be the least susceptible to listening to the fact that uh, the esoteric uh, twilight language confirms what they believe, that this is the end of the world, except 
I think the difference is someone like myself, I don't think it's the end of the world per se. I just think that there are those who are trying to manufacture the end of the world. They are trying to follow a blueprint, a, a script to the eschaton, to the apocalypse, and they are setting things up so that the public pours their energy into these sigils, into these names, and that manifests, cultivates, invokes, conjures, etc. these forces like Maimon, who in the, the poem is responsible for building pandemonium from where we get pandemos, we get pandemos, that is all people in Greek, and pandemos is where we get pandemic, it's where we get panic, and pandemonium, pandemonium, demonium, demonium means all demons, and so pandemonium is the capital of hell, and it's built by Maimon, the god of uh, economic and uh, greed and, and things like that. And so Maimon builds this, this capital of hell, which we could rightfully again refer to as the kingdom of the Antichrist, etc. These are just things that I think about. Maybe I'm just totally crazy. Maybe I'm just totally nuts. But we try to bring other people onto the show to discuss these things, too. Again, we had Leo Zagami on Tuesday. We had Derek Murphy on last night. We had uh, Clyde Lewis on the TST Weekend Edition last weekend. And all these shows are on the website at thesecretteachings.info. You can listen to all of them for free pretty much on any podcast platform. We've switched over so that we have a free archive and then we have a, a subscription archive. So if you have a subscription to the show already, you don't need to worry about it. You still have access to the ad-free archive, the montages, etc. If you've subscribed to the show on a podcast platform, you know those free little subscriptions that tell you when a new show is posted, you might have to go back and search for the secret teachings again. So if the show went away, you'll have to go back and search for it and add it back to your podcasts. But if you do subscribe, you get a, uh, a, a free, it's not really, I say free, it's not really free, it's just it's part of the subscription. You get a private RSS fee that you can plug into your device or app. And that is all at www.thesecretteachings.info. Tonight, I would like to welcome a friend of mine and a reoccurring guest on The Secret Teachings. He also has a show here on The Fringe FM. You all know him as Charlie Robinson. And Charlie Robinson is with me right now. Charlie, how are you doing? Well, Ryan, I'm excited because on my 2022 bingo card, I have Jesus variant, I have the Fourth Reich, and I have the end of the world. So I feel like I'm starting off this year on the right foot. I feel like I'm going to get that card filled in with all <laughs> the little spots. And uh, we'll just have to check in later towards the end of the year, see how I did. That's a bingo. You you, a, you won. If you have all three of those, yeah, that's bingo. <laughs> <laughs> it's It's getting harder and harder to tell the difference between actual news reporting and satire. And, and when I'm out uh, doing my daily thing, whether I'm researching or I'm just online doing nothing, it is it, the things that we were screaming about two years ago are all happening. Of course, we're getting no credit for that right on schedule. Um, we the things that we're saying are going to be happening or could potentially be happening. We're still being ridiculed for that, even though we're our track record looks pretty good. And I'm just um, I'm just trying my best to to go with the flow, to keep my sense of humor about all of this. I recognize that it's n not really funny what's happening, 
but the absurdity is off the charts. And so I, my coping device, my coping mechanism is to see the humor in the insanity to keep, you know, to, to so that I'm laughing to keep from crying. And, and given what we've gone through in the past, well, past 12 months, uh, um, has just been, boy, it's like, it's like on the edge of hysterical laugh, laughter, but it's, 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 ter- it's terror. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like one horrible thing being presented by the nightly news after the other, after the other to a, to a mortified and dumbed down and very scared general public. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm finding it increasingly more difficult to, to find the humor in it all. But, um, but I think that maybe you and I'll put our heads together in tonight and, um, and see if we can't come at this from, I don't know, maybe a different angle, an angle that the, that the mainstream media refuses to, to come at this from. And, and maybe, maybe in, in a way that, uh, still shows the very serious nature of what we're dealing with. But we also sort of allow ourselves the flexibility to be human and laugh at how preposterous it is and how the wheels seem to be falling off the narratives and how the orders and demands are are becoming increasingly more nonsensical. And so maybe we'll just get it all sorted out by the end of the night. What do you say? I think that sounds like a good idea. And you know what? Speaking of those kind of trivial demands you've probably read uh, the bitterman chart of coercion right how to extract yeah. yeah i mean that is it's literally what the media has followed from isolation to those tr- threats and trivial demands i mean it's all about concocting and manufacturing this emotionally hysterical response to things so people don't think critically i think that's really the bottom line it's it's psychology it's mass psychological manipulation yeah, and we are at a severe disadvantage as the general public, not you, not me, not your audience, but the general public. Because, I mean, think of that, that Bitterman's chart of coercion. It's a step-by-step playbook for how to totally break a, a, a person down and keep them broken through uh, psychological tactics. Now, you take the average person that's out there. They have no idea that they're even part of this, let alone that they're psychological tactics being used against them. They have no idea the relationship between the media and the pharmaceutical industries. They have no, they have no idea or understanding about the relationship between the media and the technology in their television set. That's putting them into these low vibrational brainwave states where they're, they're more susceptible to picking up fear and they're more susceptible to propaganda. Like they don't know that any of that is happening. And then then they're supposed to piece this together through the stories that come from their the constantly changing stories. And I, you know, I feel I feel bad for them. I, I'm not trying to say I have it all figured out. I mean, clearly there's there's so much to know about this this operation that we're currently living through. But but at least I know that there is an operation. And and at least I know that there are certain very, very well thought out and well used psychological tactics that can, when deployed properly, uh, can be used to break a person. And so when I see, you know, so I've, I've spent the last year and a half in this 
internal struggle with myself where there's part of me that wants to just grab people and just shake them and say, can't you see this? You know, can't you see what's going on? It's right in front of your eyes. Stockholm syndrome. Yeah. But then I have to pull back and I have to remember, okay, they're operating off of different source material than I am. The information that they're ingesting is poisonous, much like you know, the food that most people are eating, the information is poisonous. So they're getting no nutritional value out of the information that they're taking in. So really, should I be surprised or should I even act, you know, should I, should well, I expect them to figure it out? That, that see, that's an important distinction that needs to be made. And we, we all have to stand back and, and recognize that. In fact, I was talking to a friend of mine, I, I won't mention who it was, but I was talking to a friend of mine last night and uh, they told me that they have a family member, close family member who has all their shots all their boosters, and yet they still got COVID. And oh, at least that's the, the so-called uh, PCR test, I would imagine, that said they right. had COVID, right? And uh, they were telling my friend that they, they, you know, they should go get their vaccines because it's because of people not getting them that they got sick, even though they got all their vaccines. And I said, did you, did you ask how this family member got supposedly sick when they had all their shots? And they said, yeah, but, you know, they also think my family member also thinks that, you know, they're right and they're operating off of a different different set of information, a different set of, uh, you know, basically talking points in a sense. And I I think we have to not only recognize that, but we have to make sure, I think, Charlie, that we don't, in my opinion, anyway, I don't think we need to have talking points either. I don't like talking points. I don't like rhetoric. And that's why even in the alternative media, a lot of times hashtags and, and certain things that become popular, I avoid them. I don't like where the algorithms will allow things like that, especially yeah. in the mainstream. So I try to just follow uh, always an alternative way of looking at things. I know that you do too. But I guess my point is other people certainly are, are, are looking at different information. So you're right. We can't necessarily be upset because our friends or family uh, aren't asking logical questions. And they think that maybe because they got their shots, they still got sick. It's because other people didn't get theirs. It doesn't have to make sense, but based on the information they have, that's their logical conclusion. So we have to, I guess, be accommodating to that. Yeah. And, and, and I have taken this approach where there, where there's, there's sort of two parallel lines of thought going through my head at all time. One is this is a serious situation. We need to get out in front of this where the alternative media, our job is to recognize these lies and, um, and that the pharmaceutical industry and the media is telling us, and we need to counter their, you know, the things that they're saying by, by bringing up our, you know, all that stuff goes through my head. And then there's a secondary line of thought that's going through my head at the same time, which is as a writer, I'm fascinated with what is happening. I am mesmerized by the psychological tactics that have been employed here. I'm, I'm, it's interesting to me to watch these media personalities, the Fauci's of the world. And these, these people say one thing that was not true, then later distance themselves from it while pretending that they never said it in the first place and then watching the media go along and enabling that the whole the whole operation to me, though it is extremely serious and requires our attention at this time, is also to me, I feel like it's going to be studied for decades 
you know, the, the, the operation that they ran on us, the, the psychological tormenting and the, and the, how they did it, how they used the media, how they use fear, how they, you know, stirred up certain people, social media influencers, the, you know, the, the, the marketing campaigns that they use the get vaxxed and you'll, we'll, we'll let you do two laps around Talladega Speedway. And it's for your health while simultaneously saying, we'll give you free Krispy Kreme donuts. The whole thing, like, is just it's like a giant milgram experiment it's it's, totally uh, it is we're living through it yeah and and it's it's about this is see this is what the central intelligence agency did with the classic famous mk ultra but they also did this and other agencies and i'm sure corporations and anyone who studies psychology knows disassociation from reality this is how you when you watch a tv when you watch uh the, the big screen movies when you listen to music you have a, a tendency to disassociate from reality. And if the story's really good, the visuals are really good, you get lost in that. And you can't at some point in reality, if you watch so much, let's say science fiction or so much television, so many movies, so many TV shows, so many video games, so much media, you have a hard time deciphering what is real and what is not real. It literally puts you into a trance-like state. And one of the things that I've been trying to do here on the show, Charlie, is I've been trying to look at the official reporting and just pull out, like a lot of people have been, the apparent and the obvious contradictions and the information that is reported so far out of context that it's, that it's astounding that anyone with, with any form of professionality thinks that it's acceptable to publish something so misleading. So let me, let me give you an example of this. This was uh, a couple of articles I pulled out for last night, and it's about the, uh, the Florona. You know about the Florona now, the flu and Corona? Oh, yes. Yes, it's all the rage, don't you know? I, I'm going to go pick one up after the show. You should. If you can get one. <laughs> there, I hear they're tough. We're giving Florona away in the second segment, so stay tuned. Um, it sa- so it says this. It says, and this is about Omicron. They're, they're talking about Omicron in this report. They're saying Omicron accounts for 73% of new infections in the United States, according to the Associated Press. That was reported January 4th, 2022. When I read that, I thought, hold on a second. And, and this is where the average person on the street, if they're not reading this stuff, they're not having this realization. Since I do this professionally, I'm having this realization every day. I thought, wait a minute. The Centers for Disease Control retracted that 73%, and they reduced it to 22%. I thought I remembered that. So I went back into my archive of papers. I have real papers here, Charlie. Mm-hmm. And I, I pulled out an article, and it says, this is what it says from MarketWatch, the CDC made significant revisions to its Omicron new case estimates. New data released uh, last Tuesday. The federal agency said in that data that new cases of Omicron accounted for 22.5% of new cases, not 73% as originally estimated. And that percentage was derived from a single week ending in mid-December. Yet the Associated Press article I have from January 4th, a week removed from this other article about the CDC, which was published in 2021, says that 73% of new infections are Omicron. It completely takes the reporting out of context in two ways. The fact that the 73% was an estimate that has been reduced to 22.5%, and the fact that that was only for one week in December. And they make it seem as if every single case is Omicron based on this false reporting. This is what the media does, and this is how they craft a new narrative and a new reality to control our perception. Bottom line. It's that simple, I think. 
Yeah, and they did this early on in August of 2020 when the first big number came out. When the, the when I, I think it was AP um, said that 169,000 Americans are dead from coronavirus. That was the headline, and so it's a it's a it's the first time that they had ever put out the big number. And so you you see that headline, it gets syndicated through all the news wires, uh, through AP and Reuters and and everything in Europe. And, and so it goes out to thousands of different publications and then it just is syndicated everywhere. Now, if you read that headline, you have one vision of of the of reality. If you read the last paragraph in that story, it clarifies that number and it says it says of the 169,000 that are dead 6% died from covid the other 94% died with covid and on average 2.6 comorbidity conditions right so really what you're saying is 10,000 people are dead from covid and so the difference is 10,000 people versus 169,000 people is the difference between it's the difference between everything happening the way it's been happening and and this whole thing being over a year more than a year ago but we know what's going on and we know why they're doing that and we know that that the media is playing a role here but so for people that go, you know, the people, look, people are busy. They consume news differently. There's headlines for a reason. We know how that works. Maybe you read the first paragraph, maybe you read two paragraphs, but is everybody reading the entire article? Probably right. not, which is the reason why it's buried at the very bottom. So when people say, how dare you? We're having a pandemic. There's 650,000 dead Americans and you guys won't put on a mask because but you're going to go, whoa, 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 hang on a second. The number that you're using to club me into submission is false. It's false by a lot. It's not it's not sort of false. It's 94% false. It's completely inaccurate, totally misleading and intentionally deceptive. Across the board virtually everything that the media has reported and it's not all intentional I don't think because you have a lot of smaller outlets that just pick up the big stories like you said from the AP. You only have to control the source of the information, and then everything else falls into place. Charlie uh, Charlie Robinson is our guest this evening from Macroaggressions here on the Fringe FM. We've got more with Charlie after this break. Don't go anywhere. Right here on The Secret Teachings, I'm Ryan Gable. We've got a lot more to get into. Stay with us. It's the month of Janus and the year of the Tiger 2022. Here on KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. The Secret Teachings is finally available on nearly every podcast platform, from Apple to Spotify and Podcast Addict. Also available is The Secret Teachings Weekends, our one-hour Saturday morning show. Search the name and start listening today for free. But if you want to avoid those annoying ads, head on over to thesecretteachings.info and subscribe to the ad-free archive. It's got old shows, new shows, and you can also download Ryan's digital books. Subscribe today. What are you waiting for? The end of the world? 
If you enjoy the secret teachings and want to hold years of my research in your hands, visit our website and grab physical and digital copies of my books. Occult Arcana will introduce you to sacred myths, folklore, magic, theology, and alchemy. The technological elixir will take you from transhumanism and AI to black goo and UFOs. And food philosophy might just change your mind about what we call food, germ theory, and geoengineering. Remember, shipping is always included with the books. Visit www.thesecretteachings.info and get your copy today. The Secret Teachings is now on Gab and Getter. Search Ryan Gable on both to find the show or stick with The Secret Teachings in the Metaverse. This is Michael Strange from Troubled Minds. Did you hear that scientists recently discovered radio waves coming from Proxima Centauri? Well, I cannot confirm nor deny we are broadcasting from that neck of the woods. You are listening to KTLK, The Fringe FM. Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You'll love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in Paranormal Talk entertainment, including the network you're listening to right now. The Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS App Store. Hello, folks. This is Jordan Maxwell. My website is jordanmaxwellshow.com, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with your host, Ryan Gable. Do you have everything you need to explore The Secret Teachings? I've got my secret socks on and my secret TV and my secret TV channel. Looks like SpongeBob's ready. Are you? Hey, this is Charlie Robinson, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. This is David Icke from DavidIcke.com, author of The Phantom Self and The Perception Deception, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Ryan Gable, and this is The Secret Teachings. We've got Charlie Robinson with us tonight on the broadcast from Macro Aggressions here on the Fringe FM. Charlie, I went to my technological elixir book that I wrote. I did a revision of it somewhat recently, and I was skimming through it for that report that you mentioned from the CDC where they talked about 94% versus the 6% of people who actually died from COVID, not with COVID. And the CDC actually updated those numbers They're saying 5% of the deaths now were caused by COVID and 95% were people that died with COVID. And they actually, they increased the number of comorbidities, actually. It's not 2.5 or 2.9, it's four additional conditions now, along with uh, uh, what's recorded on the the certificate for the cause of death, four, not 2.5 or 2.9 now. So they've actually increased the comorbidities and they've, decreased officially recently on the CDC's website the number of people who died of COVID as, instead of dying with COVID. I mean, this is official Centers for Disease Control numbers, official numbers, and I pull those out and I, I'm just called crazy still. I, I don't understand that mentality, but I do know that it's, 
It's a psychological method to confuse people and to disassociate them from reality. So even when you show them reality, they're living in, a, in, in another narrative. It's like a whole other perception of the world. Well, they had to account for those skydiving deaths that were blamed on COVID and the motorcycle accidents and all of this stuff. Gunshots. I mean, gunshots, uh, bees, everything. Yeah, it's it's very, well, like we said earlier, this is, this is not accidental. There is a playbook for this. I, I'm rem- reminded of the great G. Edward Griffin, Yuri Bezmenov interviews where he's explain Yuri's explaining that when you, when you start the process of psychologically breaking a person down, like the Soviets used to do that, it, it takes us, it only takes a surprising amount of days. It takes about 60 days to do it. So in his, his explanation, it was, if you, you subject somebody to fear and trauma for 60 days straight, just never ending relentless fear then on that 61st day, you go to them and say, listen, you know, I was wrong about all that other stuff. It turns out none of that stuff is really going to happen. It's it's not as bad as we thought it was going to be. You're going to be fine. It doesn't it doesn't work. It doesn't fix them. They they stay broken. Um, so when I hear that and then I overlay that onto what we've gone through the media, uh, you know, the, the operation, the media has been doing on everybody. And it, it starts to make a lot of sense. It starts to make a lot of sense because when you, when you, what you would normally think or what your rational mind would think is, Hey, I'm coming with good news. The good news is you've, they've been lying to all of us about this. It's much, it's not as bad as they said it was for, I'm not trying to say it's not bad. I'm not trying to say that people aren't dying or anything like that. But statistically speaking, it's a whole lot better than what we were told. Isn't that good news? An interesting thing happens. The people that you have that conversation with, they've made their choice. They they don't want the good news. It's a fascinating component of this. They want to be scared. They're now in confirmation bias land where they want things that are going to continue to prove to them that they are right for being scared. They're right for being terrified or wearing three masks or, or doing all the things. They, they need someone to continue to reinforce to them that they're on the right track. In actuality, it's like we've got great news for you. They're just not interested in it. And so that to me has been has been interesting. It is um, and, and I think that that plays into to your inability to break through to people when you show them that the numbers, the CDC's own numbers, right? They'll, they'll, they'll parrot that to you as the justification to back up their position. But then when you show them the CDC numbers, all of a sudden they're it, it's irrelevant. It doesn't matter. But which is an interesting psychological tactic in and of itself. But, 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 but we're in a weird spot where we've got good news. We're not even selling good news. We're just going to give it to you and they don't want it. And that's weird to me. Well, when I heard that Australia was officially changing their policy for COVID deaths, and they said that they are going to now classify people that died with COVID differently from people who died from COVID. Mm -hmm. And that is such a small minor thing perceptually but at the same time it's also a monumental thing because the difference is people are only dying with something you also die with hair and fingernails 
You right. also die with lungs and a heart. So just because you died doesn't mean you died from that thing. And that little piece of information that's so monumental has been so difficult to explain because I think that so so many of us, from the t- and I don't think that this is necessarily even intentional per, per se, but since grade school, we were taught how to speak and how to communicate. But we've only been taught how to speak and how to communicate to, to the, 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 like a very minor point. We weren't, weren't taught what the meanings of words were. We weren't taught the, the, the impor- unless you took like a, a, an English grammar class. Like we don't know on average what words mean, what their intentions are behind the original meaning of the word and how those words have been changed, like the word vaccine, for example, or the word virus. The word virus used to mean poison, snake poison. It does not mean a little particle, but that word has been changed. Uh, the word infection and contagion have both been used interchangeably. They do not mean the same thing. And these are things, Charlie, you can find, you know, if you just do a, a quick etymological search in a dictionary for what the words mean. But because of the context and the implication and the power of media and suggestibility, these words have taken on new meanings and we've created essentially a completely different language. So it's no wonder when you say, well, only 5% of the people dying of COVID died with COVID. 95% of them died from something else, even though they had COVID. And yes, to most people, you're speaking a completely different language because to them, that means the very opposite of what you are saying because they don't understand the difference between with and of. And this is the point of the book 1984 that gets missed by, I think, most people. The dystopian hellscape and all of that, people understand, they they connect that with the book. One thing, though, there's one avenue of that book that people, maybe they recognize it, but they don't understand the importance of it, was the component of what they were doing to words. And the the idea of the, the only language that's getting uh, the, whose vocabulary is getting smaller instead of larger, the memory holding of words, the changing of this. This is a devious form of mind control. And we've been introduced to it. Now, lawyers know the the, the, the power of words. They know the difference between how, you know, the, how one word of or from or what, how that can may, make. A, may I give you an example of that? Please do. I've been writing these uh, legal forums, not a lawyer, but I've been writing these legal forums because I've been studying law and I've sent them out to uh, paramedics. I've sent them out to you know family members and friends, and it's helped a lot of people based on religion, uh, religious exemptions and the federal definition of religion be exempt from their COVID-19 vaccines to maintain employment. And you have to declare that you have a religious right. If you submit that forum, then you are giving them the power to reject it. We learn that you have to use the word declare. I am declaring my religious exemption and then they can't reject it. And that's what's happened across the country. The people that have contacted me by the hundreds, anybody that puts declare and gets it notarized is immediately removed from the requirement. But if you put submit, then it takes forever and they usually get back to you and say, we reject your religious exemption. Just the difference between declare and submit something so simple. And that's exactly what you're talking about with legal terminology. Prime example. Yeah. And we are now you have a deep understanding of words, the root of words, uh, all of that. That's 
the foundation of which your show is built is on on that. So you obviously can see through um, you can see through things that most people can't. But the the play on words, what they've been doing to the common person is really devious. They've changed, like you said, they've changed the definitions of herd immunity. They've changed the definition of what vaccinated means. They've done all these things simultaneously and on a, on sort of a, on a different, uh, a different topic, but still having to do with the, the use of words in the summer of 2021, the house of representatives of the United States, um, put new rules in place, banning the use of certain words, mother, father, brother, uncle, aunt, sister, uh, brother-in-law, mother-in-law, father, all of the words that you use to describe the family. You can't say them in session in the House of Representatives. They've changed that. that I, it's an unusual thing, but what it made me, it, what it got me starting to think about was, if your goal is to destroy something, in this case, in this particular example, the family, and you can't just outright destroy the family at this moment, maybe you can start a campaign where you remove the ways in which you describe a family as the first step towards destroying To, to undermine it, yep. Exactly. And so the removal of these words in Congress saying that, you, you know, that you can't say that is is a step towards removing the family, because if I can't describe my family, what is my family? Do I have a family? So so the the importance of words in the covid narrative is is crucial, but un, under studied i think i think you you do a good job of getting into what these words really mean and look let's be honest like the casual user of these words myself included if we don't know the deep meaning of them we could be out in, about our day casting spells on things and asking for something that, that we didn't ask right. for or not asking for something that we do want and using a term that we could very easily use a different word to describe it but because we've been conditioned to use a certain word over another one we're actually doing ourselves a disservice because we're negating everything that we're putting out there i mean there's a lot to unpack with the way with our relationship to language and how it rules our world. And I mean, if you think people are un, like unwilling or unable to understand the COVID narrative, I mean, try talking to them about the language narrative too. I mean, it's as, it's as over their head or boring well, as anything else, but yet at simultaneously extremely important to understand the words and the wordings and, and how it's used and why it's used and who's using it and why are they saying one particular thing and not another thing. So it's 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 really kind of forced us to be more – it's forced us to pay attention to the details, especially when it comes to the wording of certain things. So the difference between declare and cement, the difference between, between of and with, dying of something, dying with something. And then you look at something like – intonation the rise and the fall of the voice because if i said oh my god charlie somebody in my family they died with covid it's different than if i said oh man somebody died with covid it's not a big deal that they died of uh, you know a car wreck but they did have covid there's a complete difference in the way that you express it and that's pretty much 
the way that any media source, they use intonation in the way that they report these things from the music to the graphics to the tone of the voice. And that in and of itself, even with using the proper word, can change the definition it, it's the breaking news, dun dun dun, dun. dun. and then the bong, <laughs> you know, and then it, scientists it says, believe. Scientists believe. P- people familiar with the president's thinking said, right. "What? <laughs> what does that mean?" Have, have you read? Uh, have, so once once you get good, this is kind of like. And this is kind of like that painting that's all that looks like just a bunch of dots until you look at it and squint your head, turn your head, and then you're like a giraffe. Oh my god, I can see the giraffe! Right? Once you see the giraffe, you can always see the giraffe. People will stand next to you; they won't be able to see it. So once you understand, once you're looking, you're once you know what to look for in terms of the words, the speech pattern, the tone, the like you said, the the visualization component, especially when talking about the nightly news and things like that, the way things are set up, the lighting, all of it matters. All of it is part of this gigantic performance. You don't think that they would leave anything like that to chance, right? They're gonna they're gonna get together with the people at the Tavistock Institute and try and understand why people feel this a way they do. Like what will happen if we, if we change this variable, what will it do to, to, to people? How will they feel? How will they think? Will they lose trust in this narrative? So it's a, it's important. I think it's important for us to to recognize and sort of be aware of the the words that we're hearing and the buzzwords that we hear, because, because you can hear something like I jokingly said, pe- you know, people familiar sources close to the president's thinking said X, Y, and Z. When you hear a statement like that, you go, oh, I know what that means. That means nothing. That means the- here comes a gigantic lie brought to you by the CIA. <laughs> so when you get better at that, you can point, you can spot those things all the time. And and that of is why we're probably a little bit more along in this narrative and understanding it than, than most people because – we didn't need a refresher course on the dangers of the uh, pharmaceutical industry. We didn't. We didn't need someone to explain to us that the media lies. We didn't need. We didn't need. We didn't. That need is any new. Of that stuff. We we jumped into this like ready to roll. That's but, that's but, new. For, that's new. For, you're right. That's new for a lot of people. Yeah. That, that idea. Yeah. That concept. So so where where on day one of this, we are already sort of suspicious and we have questions and we realize that the pharmaceutical industry is going to use this to, you know, for, for their own benefits. It takes most people a while, if ever, to get to that point. So they may be just now getting to that, you know, where, where, you know, people say, well, why, how come everybody hasn't figured this out? Well, everyone's, you know, everyone's kind of working at a different pace here. Some of them have the backstory about who the pharmaceutical industry is. They know about the VAERS court. They know what that means, you know, and yet other people, the vast majority of people are like, what's the VAERS court? What, 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 why are you guys so, why do you have such a big problem with the vaccines? They're safe and effective. Always, always have been. We've always been at war with your, you know what I mean? (laughs) Right. So it's like the whole thing is, um, it depends on, you know, it depends on who you're talking to. They're, they're, they're all, we're all at a different place in this understanding race. You know, some people are, are still in starting blocks 
You know, they just, they haven't even tied their shoes yet. They don't even want to participate. They just want to be told, tell me what to think. Ryan, tell me what to think. Tell me what to do. Tell me who to hate. Tell me what, what, what medical procedure to just tell. Thinking's hard. I'm not equipped for this. I'm not a professional. I don't know anything. You tell me. You live, you're wearing a white lab coat and holding a clipboard. You look like you know more about this than me. Please tell me what to believe. You know, so, so I mean, you don't, how do you reach those people? Those are people that want it, you know, that want reality handed to them on a silver platter. I just, it's going to, it's going to require you to use your brain on this one. I think it's going to require you to, to open your eyes and pay attention and ask yourself, are the things that I'm experiencing right now, do they make any sort of sense? Or is this part of maybe a disjointed agenda that seems to be falling apart at the seams? That's that's critical thinking. And what you said about Congress banning certain words on the floor, I remember when they were talking about the word amen, and they were saying it should be amen and women, right, or right. a woman. And I thought, that, I don't even have an argument or a stance on that because I know that the word amen comes from amen-ra. It's an Egyptian term. And it's an Egyptian god, the chief deity of the Egyptians. It has nothing to do with an actual men, a man or a woman. It's Amman, Amen Ra. It's Amen to the sun god. But you you can't see even for people that are more conservative and Christian who don't want the changing of that word, they like Amen. They don't want to hear that either because then that implies that Amen is not Christian. It's actually much more ancient and has nothing to do with Christianity. So then you know you kind of lose those people in that conversation too. And you're left thinking, well, I, I don't know what to do because nobody's on my side, even though everybody kind of agrees with me, but everybody kind of disagrees with me. Yeah. Just do what you do, do, do whatever you want. You morons. I mean, call it whatever you want. I'm not participating in this insanity. I've, I've had just about enough of these dictates. You know what, you know what they told us in film school, they told us about, um, you know, the, the, the way that, uh, you know, the, the picture and the way that the music, cause I did audio in film school. So they, I did a lot of audio work. Um, I was one of the only people in class that did the audio stuff. Nobody wanted to do it. So I was in the audio classes with this, just a few other people and they taught us, like, first day, they said, you know, this is how important audio is. And it's very obvious. They're like, this is how important audio is. Let's watch, you know, a scary clip from a movie, and then let's watch it again with no audio. And you clearly see, if you don't have audio during, you know, Halloween or some scary movie, like Alien, it's not scary. So let's try that with the news. Next time you turn on Don Lemon, or you turn on one of those other hacks, Fox News, CNN, it doesn't matter, Listen to the breaking news, the dun, dun, dun that Charlie said, and then mute it and then continue to watch it. And you realize, oh, it's not that scary when they bring up the graphics of the little red CGI balls. And they're like a new variant, another variant, another variant. Five hundred people died today with covid. But if there's no audio, it's not that scary. No, no, it's it's a it's a much different version of reality. But but we're being stage managed by these people. So they 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 want us to you, know, you got to have the whole experience. You got if you're going to stay if you're going to stay in your homes you and, and trust the plan and all that good stuff, then you, you got to have the audio up full audio up for this one, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, do you know about the uh, American Medical Association's they call it the AMA COVID-19 guide? Have you heard about that? No, I'm sure it's chock full of useful information. Oh, it's it's full of so much information. In fact, it's full of information on how to use information out of context and how to deceive people. It literally teaches oh, yes. you. You've seen that how to conduct interviews. 
Yes, 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 yes. By the way, yes, I have seen this one. This is fascinating. This is like a, uh, it's like a document telling you how to like, I mean, you could have taken the AMA off of it and told you like, this is how to like, uh, you know, get out of a police interrogation or something. Like claim that <laughs> yeah. say nothing. Or when 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 they're interviewing you, stall for time. It was like fiddle yeah, with yeah. something and try and run out the clock. I'm like, what is this? Are we are we in a football game here? And you want me to kneel, you me to kneel, kneel down? down three times <laughs> right. and run out the clock? <laughs> it it literally explains controlled responses, quotable language, interviewing techniques. It details how you do do certain things and don't do certain things. They call it the do's and don'ts. They give you delivery tips, and they do do some of those things that you just mentioned. You know, basically twiddle your thumbs, stall, uh, you know, ask uh, a question in response to another question, and just repeat language like safe and yep. effective, safe and effective, safe and effective. It doesn't have to mean anything, but you just repeat it, regurgitate yep. it, and then that becomes the mantra. I mean, this is all magic, really, Charlie. This is all for a form of magical incantation. We recite these things. It's the way that we spell words. We cast a spell when we write them. In a more uh, artistic way, we cursive, we curse them, we send out a curse. The, the way that we intonate in our voice, all of that can tell us not only about the individual, kind of like body language, but it can tell us about the ideology, and it can tell us about the, the pre-programmed response that that individual is following. In this case, the AMA's uh, COVID-19 guide or the Yale University clinicaltrials.gov report that came out in 2020, mid-2020, long before there was a, a widespread vaccine, and it was telling people how to, from the media to government officials, I don't know if you saw this one, how to convince people to get a vaccine before it was even available by telling them things like, this is for the betterment of your community, this is for the betterment of your country, this is for the betterment of your family. And if it says if, if they keep disagreeing, if they keep saying, we don't want to do this, we don't want to take this vaccine, then you get more personal. You're hurting other people. You're a bad person. You're a bad American. You don't want the economy to be good again. Just talking points from Yale. The NIH sponsored it. I mean, the, these are mainline universities and government agencies, and they're literally teaching you how to lie to the public, teaching doctors, scientists, media, how to lie to the public. And then when you call that out, they use that technique to dismiss it and try to debunk it. You're like, I know what step five is. I know what you're doing. You're, <laughs> I'm calling you out for this and you're using one of the tactics in this thing to try and discredit me. It's, it's again, it's, it's, it would be fascinating to watch this if it wasn't so damn serious and frustrating mm -hmm. having to live through it. But, but the, the tactics that they've used, the, um, magic words for magical thinking, it all sort of fits it all. It, you know, it, I, I just keep telling people that are, that I know that are close to me, but n that don't quite see this whole thing yet. I just say, listen, just to ask yourself, is this what you would be doing in a, normal pandemic would you would you need this level of this mark this pr campaign would i mean did the did the black 
death need a did it did it need a PR agent? You know, did it, did it need buzzwords, or was it evid, evidenced on its face by the fact that you were stacking bodies up on the sidewalk? That that's the sort of campaign we were promised that we would get—just death and destruction everywhere. And instead, what we got was the weaponization of fast food as an incentive to get you to vaccinate yourself for your health. Was the Daytona Speedway thing? Was that a real, real thing? It was Talladega. Uh, Talladega, and yes, okay. it was a real thing. It most definitely was. They first, uh, I, per, they, they said that they'd let you do two laps around <laughs> Talladega. Ryan, I have standards, and personally, I am holding out for six laps. You want six so. laps? Yeah. Well, I mean, you probably pass out by the first you know, first lap and a half. <laughs> right. Anyway, you won't even make it. <laughs> You'll have myocarditis by the by the second <laughs> lap, which I find interesting. In the this big prestigious journal uh, circulation, they've now acknowledged that myocarditis is one of the major side effects of the vaccine, especially for young people. And it's like, no matter how many times a major medical publication, a major scientific publication, a major medical journal, science journal, engineering journal, etc., literally publishes the very thing. That the so-called alternative, just people asking questions, I don't even like that, narr- that, that name most of the time to create that narrative, that alternative means that we are submitting to the mainstream, but that anything that we suggest that we say is immediately flat and wrong on its face, yet they're literally publishing the evidence and the proof of what the average person who is able to critically think is questioning. Like you have the New England Journal of Medicine literally showing you in data, real raw data, that 82% of women who got a vaccine first, second trimester lost their babies, period. That was the statistical data from the New England Journal of Medicine. The study was never pulled, but the media just said that study is taken out of context. And then you go read it, and it's completely in context. It's just always about diverting the, the accusation, putting the accusation and the burden of proof on you. And see, these are the tactics that once you realize them, we're not trying to be deceptive, Charlie, but we can use these tactics and put them back on the media and the people that use them on us. When someone says, well, where, where's your proof of that? I ask them, well, where's your proof of what you're saying? I'm not going to sit here and have to defend myself constantly when the burden of proof should be on you because you are telling me things and you are tell- you are demanding I do things that fundamentally changes the way that I live my life and fundamentally changes society. I want to see proof. The burden of proof is not on me, Charlie. The burden of proof is on that person. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. I know I dropped a big bomb on you there as the music I, came up. I knew the music was coming. I <laughs> well, see, it. Charlie, Charlie is a pro. We'll be right back with <laughs> Charlie Robinson here on The Secret Teachings. Macroaggressions is the show on The Fringe FM. There's a lot more after this. Stay with us. So are we. KTLK. Digital Broadcasting. The Fringe FM. The Secret Teachings is finally available on nearly every podcast platform, from Apple and Spreaker to Spotify and Podcast Addict. Also available is TST Weekends. Search the show name and start listening today for free. If you want to avoid those annoying ads, subscribe to our ad-free archive with our oldest shows, a private RSS feed, our montage archive, and Ryan's digital books. Visit thesecretteachings.info. 
People ask me all the time what they can do to take control of their lives when facing a daily onslaught of dis- and misinformation. I say take control of your body and mind with water filtration. Visit www.thesecretteachings.info and click on our affiliate sponsor link with Pro One Water Filters at the top of the page to search for a water filter for the home, camping trip, and even the shower. They filter countless contaminants and make a wonderful gift for friends, family, and yourself. That's Pro One Water Filters at thesecretteachings.info. If you enjoy The Secret Teachings and want to hold years of Ryan's research in your hands, visit the website and grab a physical and digital copy of Ryan's books. Occult Arcana will introduce you to sacred myths, folklore, magic, and alchemy. The technological elixir will take you from transhumanism and AI to black goo and UFOs. Food philosophy will change your mind about what we call food, germ theory, and geoengineering. And remember, shipping is always included. Some restrictions exist for international. Visit thesecretteachings.info. We must seize the means of production. Stop it, Vlad. You know the rule. No communism. Mama, if we just get rid of all these successful people, we'll finally be happy. No, honey, that just means we'll all be poor. Freedom-loving parents have long been left alone to shoulder the burden of educating their children and passing down a love of liberty. While there are a few books that teach these ideas to adults, there seem to be fewer that teach them to children. The Tuttle Twins series changes all of that, helping parents convey the principles of freedom to their kids in a fun way. Visit www.thesecretteachings.info and click on our affiliate link for the Tuttle Twins to get your curriculum and books today so that you can educate yourself and your children on how to adhere to the principles of liberty for all people. So if you have offspring and don't want them supporting socialism, then click the link and order the Tuttle Twins books today. Stalin has no stunning new achievements unless you consider killing millions of innocent people an achievement. For a lot longer than most podcasts have been around, The Secret Teachings has been at the forefront of unique investigation into both the mundane and the extraordinary. Critical thought and controlled speculation allowed us to determine that the much-anticipated UAP report would be vague, unexplained, and would simply imply the need for defense against national security threats. We determined that sonic weapons were the cause of Havana Syndrome a full year before CNN acknowledged the same. We told you about the mind-controlled magic, sex slavery, and intellectual theft in the music industry long before Britney Spears spoke out about her conservatorship, and we've been removed from radio for refusing to censor our show over international child trafficking networks and sex cults long before Epstein didn't kill himself. This has been done with no budget, only your support, and a will to learn and succeed. And you can continue to be a part of the Secret Teachings journey as we broadcast Monday through Friday after Lighting the Void with Joe Roop, right here on KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. This is The Secret Teachings. If you'd like to contact the show, email Ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com or find him on Facebook at facebook.com slash thesecretteachings. Howdy, this is Joe Mars, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. I'm Clyde Lewis from Ground Zero Radio, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Welcome to the Secret Teachings radio broadcast. I'm your host, Ryan Gable. Thank you for joining us this morning, this afternoon, tonight, whenever and wherever you are listening around the world. 
and wherever you are listening in the digital verse, whether that is a podcast app or on the Fringe FM or in the archive at thesecretteachings.info. You know, you can find our full show archive now. All of the broadcasts after they air, they will be on pretty much every podcast application that you can find. Some of those are still getting approved as we switch over to this free archive. It will have advertisements in it. So if you don't want those advertisements, you can subscribe to the private archive on our website. It will also get you access to the montage archive and my digital books, including Occult Arcana and the Technological Elixir. I just actually got the review copy of the technology book in the mail. It's over 500 pages, so it's a very, very large book. And it is updated with a section on UFOs and UFO cults and another large section on the technological and psychological components of, let's just call it the last two years and change. As we now move into the year of the tiger, this whole thing began, these last two years began during the year of the rat. And we've talked with Clyde Lewis about this before and a small handful of others that the year of the rat was really the year of the lab rat. And 2021 was the year of the ox, the beast of burden. Once the ox is used and has, uh, you know, those that own the ox have no other, you know, use or need for it. The ox is sacrificed on the altar. And now we enter into the year of the tiger, which is the establishment of the thousand year reign that according to Chinese mythology, the tiger comes from Ursa Major, the bear, and the Ursa Major constellation also gives us the name Arthur, as in King Arthur, and it gives us symbolically the swastika. So you have the thousand-year Reich and the swastika in the year of the tiger, and you have last year, just the last few weeks of 2021, as we've reported on this show, you had assassination attempts on the Pope, the Queen, and the President of the United States. The three major centers of world power, religious, political, and financial. And it says in the book of Daniel, if you're interested in biblical prophecy, that the three horns, those three obelisks of those cities, will be plucked and replaced by a fourth horn, a little horn. That little horn, perhaps, you might know that horn as the Antichrist or the false messiah. So it's strange and a little bit eerie that we start 2022 with the IHU variant. And the IHU variant of COVID-19 literally translates, it's a name you can find on like a, a baby naming website. Type in IHU, and it literally translates to God saves. And it's defined as a variant of Jesus. Any variant of Jesus isn't the true Jesus. It's a false messiah. It's the Antichrist. So I don't know about prophecy. I'm not a Christian. I'm not dismissing prophecy or Christianity, but I do believe that there are some, like Cortez, who used the religion of the Aztecs to appear as those gods to get access to the inner sanctums of the Aztec political system, uh, political system, government, uh, uh, etc. in their society. And that, I think, is what this controlled, blueprinted eschaton is really all about. This is 
the year of the tiger, the thousand-year Reich, and the establishment of the kingdom of the Antichrist, real or imagined, it's just funny that this seems to be the direction, knowingly or unknowingly, that the media has taken, in particular, to give us that, that narrative. I don't think anybody in media is aware of this. I think that this is controlled in a subconscious way. And I think from the mask to the isolation this whole thing has been a series of magical initiation ceremonies. And whether you define an initiation ceremony as being that of a secret society, it just feels like everything that we've experienced is part of some larger traumatic event, uh, traumatic, a series of traumatic experiences that, that has the intention to disassociate us from reality, to create a new narrative, to not only leave the old world behind to build a new world, to build back better, but to also build a new psychological framework for this new normal. Charlie Robinson is our guest this evening from Macroaggressions on the Fringe FM. Charlie, what do you think about that? We've had the infrastructure, we've had uh, societal changes, cultural changes, etc., but we've also had a dramatic shift in the psychological a uh, 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 mindset of the general population. That's not the only thing, the, the physical that's being replaced. The mindset, the perception of reality, the narrative uh, of the mind is also being replaced. That is a, a new thing that is being also built back better. I'm sure the metaverse is nothing about, right? <laughs> <laughs> nothing at all. I mean, they are just, re- like you said, it's a, they're replacing real things with fake things. Um, there you that, have it. Yep. Be that, you know, reality with uh, virtual reality, um, the reality in the medical industry with some sort of weird hybrid of, well, just believe what, you know, the truth is whatever we say it is, or the sci- science is, you know, any, any attack on science is an attack on any attack on me is an attack on science and all this bizarre sorts of ways of, of viewing the world. But, but I think one thing is crystal clear. They're trying to take us out. <clears throat> They're trying to distract us. They want us focusing on the wrong things at the expense of the right things. They want us living in, um, hey, your life is bad. You're not the person you thought you were going to be. Well, we've got this metaverse over here. Don't worry about the fact that it's being sold to you by one of the most devious people on the planet, Mark Zuckerberg. Don't worry about him. He, he Just because he looks like a character inside the metaverse, don't worry about that. All of your, all of your inefficiencies or deficiencies, I should say, in life, um, all of your shortcomings, all that stuff, you can leave that, Ryan, where you found it. You can leave that back in that boring, outdated reality, and you could be whoever you want. In the metaverse, you want to be the guy that gets all the girls. You want to be the guy that looks the right way or has the right amount of, you know, has the right real estate or has it. It's all there for you in the metaverse. So it's a full spectrum takeover of reality. Reality being controlled by the media. Our science is being uh, manipulated our um, social media that we're that we participate in if we do that is obviously curated for us then you then you you get introduced to the world of augmented reality or virtual reality with with headset oculus headsets and and in the direction that that's going and yeah i know it's not fully built out to the to where it will be 
but I think just the the sales pitch behind it. You know, if you watch that Zuckerberg thing, it's like a it's like an hour long infomercial for it. They, they, there's one word they say over and over again: experiences, experiences. It's like they want to convince you your life isn't good enough. You're not having any experiences in your in your apartment, um, but in the in the metaverse. Look at all the experiences you can you you can't leave your house because of the quarantines. But look at you can go to Bora Bora in this headset. You know you could sit on a beach. What's the difference? You isn't that contact right? It's just like contact. <laughs> isn't isn't that strange? Because that means that all the trauma, all the terrorism, all the fear, all the anxiety, all the worrying, all of that has been channeled into. Well, now you have an option to escape that horrible reality that a virus created plug yourself into the metaverse. Very convenient. Yeah. Do you need to be vaccinated in the metaverse? That I don't know. That's a really good question. You might need to be vaccinated in order to plug into it so they can inject the nano particulates and the right. nano components so that you can connect wirelessly to the metaverse. Yeah. Yeah. It's all, you know, it's all kind of funny and we're, we're goofing on it. But we we also understand the the seriousness of where this is going. And, you know, you thought you had psychological problems before. Wait till you some kid that 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 ditches school because school is terrible because they're dyslexic and they can't learn. But in the metaverse, everybody treats them right. And and it's just a much better version. It's it's where they would prefer to be. And uh Man, I mean, forget crack cocaine. If you've got the metaverse, you're offering all of this stuff. Think of think of the ramifications of that. Think of the fragmenting of society. Where think of think of everything. You, you've got a brand new platform where you can control minds. You can. It's an, an it's an advertising platform. It's a it's a it's a high level. You know, think of all the information if you're a Facebook. If you have a Facebook account, think of all the information about you that they currently already know. I mean, they pretty much know you, uh, depending on how much time you spend there. They know who you interact with. They can make your reality tailor-made to you based on the inputs that you've put in over the years that you've been using it. So they could probably get you at, at the in the future at some point to a place where it's indistinguishable from reality take the goggles off and then you you have to do a double check to make to, to see where you really are i think that may it might not happen for us but it might happen for you know our kids they're, they're going to grow up in a in a world where you know if you don't like the current reality you're in you just switch over to something else with a headset so that is uh i don't think that's the healthiest way of coping but i think people will will use these technological advancements as an escape hatch the way drugs and alcohol have been used. And so oh, yeah. I, I would envision a, a rise in psychologists, psychiatrists that have a, a deep understanding and how to disconnect people from this because this is going to be an addiction just like anything else. And, um, and the ramifications of it are, are, are truly terrifying. But of course, sell the benefits. They're going to sell, sell, sell all the great things you can do and you can change your wardrobe and you can go hang out with all your friends in the metaverse, but they'll never tell you 
about the deep psychological damage that that's doing, maybe because they don't know it yet, maybe because they do know it and they just want to keep that sort of information suppressed. But, but in the end, much like the, much like the COVID narrative in the end, when you get to the end and look back on what you were told, what you were promised and what was actually delivered, I think that the, the metaverse will look, will have some COVID like, uh, traits to it where it was where everyone was sold a bill of goods and yet in the end it sort of turned out a bit different than what they expected i'd be even more dramatic than you in explaining this i feel that what's happening and i'm in agreement with you i think it's more dramatic though i think that what's happening is the idea that we can get onto social media that we can get onto our phones we're already doing what you just said we're already escaping we've been doing that for for decades now escaping into the digital universe the digital world uh, the meta that is beyond our physical and now what they're doing, Charlie, is because of everything that's happened in the last two years, everything is just so terrible, and there's a climate crisis on top of that. If we plug into the digital world, we can save ourselves from ourselves, and we can play around in this giant sandbox and never really have to worry about anything. Of course, I think that a lot of people, and I used to think this too, that a lot of people feel as if we're going to plug ourselves into it like we saw in the Matrix films. I don't think that that's what's happening. I don't think that it's the, the Neuralace per se. I think what's happening is what, is what is happening every time we plug into a device, we log into something, we search for something, etc. We are providing our information so that, like you just said, Charlie, Facebook already has all this information on you. That is already the basis for the digital avatar. And it's not that we have an avatar like, like we have a picture on our account or we have a digital character on Xbox or something. Now, this is a digital version of yourself that is, through algorithms, able to predict your behavior based on past behavior. And so when, when Samsung released their 6G plans for their digital subreality, you can look this up online, type in 6G Samsung PDF, you should find it. It's called an immersive extended reality. They explicitly say that this reality will be run by machines and that this reality will include digital replications of places and people from the real world. So people think that the metaverse is a new thing. Samsung is building this, and they said that they were starting this construction 2020, 2021, and they're going to be done conveniently, Charlie, by 2030. Right on time. I think that people should reframe this. They should look at this digital persona that's being created as a digital voodoo doll. That that's it that's is good. I like that. I like that that. that. that they will, that the tech companies will have of you. And whenever they want to put a pin in it to cause you pain or grief or whatever, they know where that pressure point is. They know you. They might even know you better than you know yourself because you may deny things to yourself, but it becomes evident in the digital world what you're really thinking or how you really feel. So so the idea of building a, you know, maybe maybe in maybe part of this has been a condition, a slow conditioning to get us accepting, accepting of the idea of avatars, of digital versions of ourselves. Hey, isn't this great? You get to create it. You could put you want to have purple hair on your guy today great you can do that it's easy but you know as they as they slowly build their own version their own avatar of you like you said the samsung thing that that should be terrifying to people because when you 
when you let the computers run the algorithm. And like you said, in that, in that bit that you read that, that there will be people that look the same and, you know, actual real people that are, that are in there. Okay. So we're already confused when we watch the nightly news. We don't know whether the information we're getting is, is truthful or not. You throw in uh, deep fake technology that's, that's already here. We don't know if the people that we're seeing on the nightly news are even saying things that there's the, that we see them <laughs> saying, it could be somebody else for all we know. Then you take that, then you throw into the fact that now you're going to be interacting with a digital holo- a digital version of some person that looks very real. Again, who is running, who's driving that, car who's driving that human flesh suit is it the, the person for real or is it somebody pretending to be the person is this the new vr catfishing <laughs> you, i thought i thought you were a chick you know and you get you home and you're i thought you were a digital girl and i get you home and you're an actual guy you know so so there's there's a there's going to be a lot of well we've had our first sexual assault in the metaverse yeah there was a groping that. Yeah, Someone yeah. Got groped, yeah. And they couldn't. Did you read about that? They couldn't or they didn't activate uh, their safe space. There's like a safe space on the metaverse that you can oh activate. Oh, my God. Yeah. There is. Yeah, I, of course there is. I say that like I'm surprised. Of course, there's a digital safe space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think gamers would would suggest that this st- sort of stuff has been happening for a long, long time. Right. You know, you, people are in the interactive games. They're. I don't know, do, do, doing things that you know, they shoot you in the game and then do something to your corpse or, or, or you don't know if you're interacting with a, with a, Hey, that's a woman avatar there. Hey, that looks like that's a girl, right? Well, really it's like an 11 year old boy in Tacoma, someplace, you know, playing <laughs> the game, pretending to be, so we've, we've already kind of had our first taste of digital, the digital world, the, um, the, the understanding that what you see on that screen does not necessarily correlate to any sort of version of reality, whether it's the, the insane game that they're playing or just the people that are supposed to be controlling it. You make the assumption, oh, you're going to make your avatar look kind of like you because you're the one playing it. Well, who says, you know, who says you have to stay in the same gender? You could you could switch that up or whatever. So we've we've been slowly getting used to the idea of having our digital self online in some version of it. But with the advances in technology, with the, the immersiveness of these, these head headsets and boy, it's going to be, it's going to be a wild ride. I I think you and I will probably a a decade from now be having a conversation. We can go back and listen to this, um, this interview and see how far off we were, see how, um, how, you know, how, how over the target we were, if our, if our fears were justified and warranted to, to have, you know, have some, be a little bit uncomfortable about the direction things are going. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not against technology. I, I and I'm not against the advance advances in in you know as we progress as people, that's fine. But I I think that it's imperative, especially now, that we at least have the conversation about some of the downsides that come with it because we're we're being sort of misled in a way that this is all good, no bad, or very little bad, um, and that of course 
to me starts to smell like a sales pitch. And when I get a sales pitch as somebody who's been in sales, as soon as I notice it's a sales pitch, then I'm, I, 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 my mentality changes a little bit. I start to say, okay, what are you trying to sell me? Why are you selling me this? Are you telling me the truth? Are you telling me something? So then I'll buy the product. And so I get in, I get a little bit more suspicious. And what I've been seeing right now is sales pitch mode for this. So, so where are we headed? Where, you know, of course we'll look back on this and say, you know, for the paralyzed that can't get out of their wheelchair, they can put on this virtual headset and they can dance on the beach, you know, with their wife and all of these great things. And how could you be against that? And, you know, and, and you go, well, okay, that sounds great. And I'm, I'm sure it's, it's amazing for these people, but let's, can we still talk about the, the very real downsides to this? Can we talk about allowing the the owners of the these platforms to have just an an almost impossible to calculate amount of information about the world and what can they do with that and how can that be used against us so i i feel like we are walking into a real dystopian hellscape in the in the metaverse where where we we could if if it's um if it progresses in the the wrong way it we could find ourselves uh wishing that we could go back to a simpler time like 2020 when all we had to worry about was covid and we or drugs all i had to worry about was keeping my kid off heroin and now i have to worry about keeping him out of the metaverse you know but uh, we might find that this stuff turns out in the end to be far more damaging to us than we previously thought. I find it to be incredibly suspicious with the disassociation from reality that most of us, if not all of us, have been subject to, which I believe is the real pandemos, the real thing that is affecting all people by the definition, to usher us into not only an alternative psychological perception of, uh, of a false reality or narrative, but then to offer us the option to plug into a digital sub-reality as a solution to escaping the climate and to escaping, well, not just the climate of the environment, but the climate also of health and of everyday life. We can escape all of that. To me, that just sounds like the Faustian deal with the devil. That sounds like I'm being offered, yes, that sales pitch, Charlie, I'm being offered something. And in exchange for you know the wealth or the women or the fame or whatever, I am having to agree that I know that this steak is not real, but it tastes so good. And as long as you make me somebody famous, you can do whatever you want with my body and whatever you want with my soul. And to people that are religious-minded, even people that are spiritual, that sounds downright dark, diabolic, and evil. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and, and I don't know if you saw those those those. Uh, those two boy, the two guys, the island boys, you know, that they look like human sea monkeys with the crazy dreads and the, and oh, the yeah, tat- yeah, yeah. Face tattoos and everything. Yeah, those guys came out of nowhere, and all of a sudden, like their their song that they did was all over social media. And then, like a week later, one of those guys is on there doing a very serious uh, uh, monologue to the camera, talking about how he sold his soul the week earlier and that he hasn't felt the same sense and that the reasons why he did it, I can't confirm whether or not any of that, whether his story is true, but I watched it and he seemed very sincere. He seemed very distraught about that. And I thought, wow, here we go in real time. We're watching what happens to people when they, 
when they prioritize fame over over reality and what you're willing to do to get that and is it is you know this deal with the devil it it, it happens in it happens in hollywood we know that um, oh yes is it limited to hollywood or is it going to extend into silicon valley i think it's both metaphoric and literal and i think that the idea that one can make a deal with the devil for fame and wealth etc is a worldly deal that's not conducted with a literal demon or devil. It's conducted with institutions of man that can promise you and can give you those worldly material pleasures, uh, the, the things that make you famous and popular. And in exchange, you have to sell yourself out to what those institutions, groups, agencies, etc. represent. And that is the metaphoric aspect of it. But I do think, Charlie, that there is absolutely a spiritual component to this that's something else we've been discussing here on The Secret Teachings in the past few weeks, dealing with uh, certain particular demons in the, uh, in the mythology and what those demons represent. All of those shows are in the archive at thesecretteachings.info. We're going to learn more from Charlie Robinson when we come back from break from Macro Aggressions, also here on The Fringe FM. The music tonight, White Bat Audio. That's White Bat Audio on YouTube. Again, Charlie Robinson, Macro Aggressions. More from Charlie after this. Stay with us. The Secret Teachings is finally available on nearly every podcast platform from Apple and Spreaker to Spotify and Podcast Addict. Also available as TST Weekends, our one-hour Saturday morning show. Search the show name and start listening today for free. And if you want to avoid those annoying ads, visit www.thesecretteachings.info and subscribe to our ad-free archive with some of our older shows included. You'll get a private RSS feed and access to the Montage Archive and my digital books. Subscribe today or listen to the free show archive at thesecretteachings.info. If you enjoy The Secret Teachings and want to hold years of Ryan's research in your hands, grab a physical and digital copy of his books. Occult Arcana will introduce you to sacred myths, folklore, and alchemy. The technological elixir will take you from transhumanism and AI to black goo and UFOs. Food philosophy will change your mind about what we call food, germ theory, and geoengineering. Visit thesecretteachings.info. So, you love talk radio, then you'll love TalkStreamLive.com. TalkStream Live is always on, 24-7, with the best streaming talk shows. Find your favorite talkers and discover some new ones. It's free, readily available online, or on mobile with any smartphone or tablet. Finding your favorite talk shows all in one place has gotten a whole lot easier. Just go to TalkStreamLive.com. Be sure to download the free apps from Google Play or the iTunes App Store. This is Michael Strange from Troubled Minds. You are listening to KTLK, The Fringe FM. You are listening to The Secret Teachings. To contact the show, to share information and your opinion, or give recommendations, email rdgable at yahoo.com. Visit the Facebook page facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings or visit the website at www.thesecretteachings.info 
People ask me all the time what they can do to take control of their lives when facing a daily onslaught of dis- and misinformation. I say take control of your body and mind with water filtration. Visit www.thesecretteachings.info and click on our affiliate sponsor link with Pro One Water Filters at the top of the page to search for a water filter for the home, camping trip, and even the shower. They filter countless contaminants and make a wonderful gift for friends, family, and yourself. That's Pro One Water Filters at thesecretteachings.info. You're listening to The Secret Teachings. For more information on the show or to contact Ryan, visit thesecretteachings.info or email ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com. Hey there, this is Greg Carlwood of the Higher Side Chats, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Last segment of The Secret Teachings tonight. I'm Ryan Gable, your host. If you'd like to contact us, you can email me directly at rdgable at yahoo.com. That's r-d-g-a-b-l-e at yahoo.com. And check out our show archive, the ad-free version with our montages and my books, all part of your subscription on the website at thesecretteachings.info. If you want to check out Macroaggressions, you can listen on the Fringe FM Macroaggressions is hosted by Charlie Robinson, our guest this evening. Charlie, let us know a little bit about the show, Macroaggressions. And when I'm a guest on a show, I like it when someone gives me a, a few minutes to, to say something that maybe I've had in the back of my head from the show that we were doing or something from your show that you've been working on. Uh, I'd like to give you a few minutes to, uh, to have an open uh, dialogue here. Sure. Well, thank you. Um, <clears throat> Macroaggressions started... You know, I, I started it in God, right when the lockdowns happened or right when the virus happened in March of 2020. And it, it's funny because I I wasn't going to do it. I wasn't going to do the show. I had been out promoting my book on other people's podcasts. But I, I had a couple people reach out to me and say, you should do this show. I really think that it would be it would be great for you. And uh, like three different things happened within the course of a couple of days very unique. And, and I, I took it as a sign. I said, well, maybe, maybe I should be doing this. Okay. And then I got my head, got my head to the, into the right place where I said, let, if I was going to do a show, how would I want it to be? And so the format for macroaggressions is that I do two shows a week. One is an interview where I bring someone on we get, we get into it for about an hour or so about some of the important topics that are happening in the world or some of the in, the work that they're doing. Uh, and then I also do a monologue episode each week as well. It runs about the same time, about an hour. And I pick a topic and we try to drill down on that as much as we can. And, um, and, and if it's a perfect kind of scenario, ideally I like to try and marry that, uh, that monologue with the episode with the guest that we were doing. So kind of, keep it in the same, you know, on the same sort of topics generally. So I, the, the response, you know, the, you, you put these shows out 
they go out into the universe and you just don't know. You don't know who is going to listen, if, if anyone. I was convinced the first 30 shows I did that it was me talking to myself. You know, I was fully convinced of that. And then it turns out that I would get messages from people in unusual parts of the world. And I thought, oh my goodness, this is crazy. It's happening. So this idea that we can connect with one another uh, through the through the power of of digital technology here the the idea of podcasts or, or going out video format and audio format mine go out in both um, has been amazing to me it's allowed me to connect with people it's been the greatest thing I am so glad I did it and I had this I had a lot of hesitation early on looking back on that maybe I was just trying to protect myself from it's ego, the, uncertain, the, un, the ego. Yeah. The uncertainty of it all. What if I fail? What if nobody likes me? What if everybody, what if nobody listens? All the, well, what's the worst that can happen? You know, what's the worst that can happen? I, I, I decided I want, I'm going to, I'm going to come at this from an angle of this is how I understand things to be as of this moment. I reserve the right to change my opinion on things. If in the future I'm presented with new information that contradicts what I first believed. So I want to make sure that I give myself the flexibility to evolve. If things are are brought to my attention that I wasn't aware of when I had my opinion on it previously, I the interest is in getting it right, not necessarily being right, you know. And so I want to try I have this unrealistic expectation in my head. And it comes from a quote that I put in my first book, The Octopus of Global Control, from a guy named Stephen Bassett, the executive director of Paradigm Research Group. And he mostly deals with UFOs and things like that. But he he had this quote, and it's it's several paragraphs long. I, I, I don't have it in front of me, but I can, I'll paraphrase it. it. He basically was saying, like, imagine if this world if you're born into this world and it's like a gigantic jigsaw puzzle, like a 10,000 piece jigsaw puzzle. And when you're born, you're given this box and your mission in life is to you set about to put these pieces together. And you're under this belief that if you, if you put all these pieces together in the right way, it will show you a picture of, of the way the world really works. And so you go about your life you, you start putting these pieces together, but there's a problem. It's, it seems that the government that you're living under has made a decision for political purposes to mess with your ability to figure out, to, to put this puzzle together. So they've taken a handful of pieces out of your box and they've thrown it away. And then they've taken a handful of pieces from somebody else's box of a different puzzle and they've put it in your box. And now you're going about your life thinking that all these pieces are going to fit and it is an extremely effective way of disinforming the public. So when I put that in the, in the book, what I realized was that that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to put this puzzle together and he's correct. I've made this assumption that all the pieces that I'm working with are the pieces that are from my puzzle. But wait a second, who says, I know that the media is lying to me. I know that the government's lying to me. The pharmaceutical industry is everybody's lying to me. So why should I even for a second think that I've got the right pieces to the right puzzle? So that started me down this path. Um, whether it's the books I write or, or the podcasts that, that go out, the, I'm trying to put this puzzle together. 
I now recognize that I might not have the right pieces. I've got some pieces, but this is a collaborative effort. I don't expect to have this figured out by myself. It doesn't work that way. I need everybody to get involved. So I try to be as communicative as I can with my audience. I, I, I do what you do, which is here's the, here's the website. Here's the email address. You guys want to get a hold of me. Let's talk. You found something that I, that you think is interesting. Send it my way. I want that. I want to, I want to figure it out. I, I don't have an unreal, unrealistic expectation that I'm, I'm actually going to figure it all out, but I'm certainly going to try. I'm going to go down that path. And so macroaggressions has been great for me to work those things out, to bring on people that are far smarter than me to, to get their take on how they think it works or, or the things that they see. And collectively together, we're going to, uh, we're going to get all of our pieces out and we're going to sit around that, that big coffee table with our edge pieces, trying to figure out how they all fit together. One of the things I've been talking about on this show, Charlie, is the Hydra and the Spectre and the Cthulhu and the Kraken, uh, these different mythological, archetypical images of octopus-like creatures. And I've actually referenced you a couple of times. Uh, I've said, you know, kind of like the, the octopus that Charlie Robinson talks about or, you know, the octopus right. of global control. And, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting because I've, I've had the same experience that you have. I've, I've been doing this for 10-plus years professionally, like five to six and uh, yeah, I thought at the, t- at the time that I started this, I thought, man, nobody's going to listen to this. Nobody cares. Right. <laughs> and you find right. pe- people from all over the world. I mean, we have listeners in Australia, Japan, the UK, Israel, uh, 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 Mexico, uh, Canada, just all over the place. And it's a really, really humbling, humbling experience. And it's like... Um, all, all the all the different topics that that you could have uh, you could have had an interest in and you could have uh, initially researched. What, what exactly was it for you that started you uh, on the journey that you're on? Was it the idea that you don't have all those puzzle pieces, or or was it something from uh, a lot longer ago before you really started getting to know who some of these people were? Well, I. It, part of my, I guess if someone said uh, with regard to macroaggressions, what is your big, com- you know, what what does he focus on in that show? What's his big hang up? It would be the media, right? The, the, the corporate whore media is my, my big problem. I've got others, of course, <laughs> but, but that, that is my, that is my main one. And ha- part of the reason for that is that I am a co-owner of a company that that and we were doing this back in 2000 2001 2002 2003 um that does media training for professional athletes we get guys ready for interviews we get them ready for um public speaking we get them ready for interviews with coaches and general managers when they're getting drafted we get them ready for broadcasting so my job was to understand what the media's role is, what they're trying to do, and, and and how they operate so that I can better educate my clients so that they don't walk into this cold thinking that they're that reporter that's always cool to them that says, oh, yeah, this is off the record. You know, my my job is to remind these these usually young men, but not always that, um, no, it's not off the record. And that you have to understand what the media is and what they do and how they do it and why they do it. And so watching that 
process for the years that I did and watching the dishonesty in the media intentionally and, and watching the, the people that go into that line of work thinking that they're probably going to have a cool job. And then it turns out that they're, they become captured themselves. It made me very suspicious of narratives. It made me suspicious of corporate media, obviously. And, and, and it, and it also taught me that there's nothing that these people won't really nothing that these people won't do or say if it benefits the, um, you know, if it's in their best interest. So I, I, I found myself extremely suspicious of the media and that then fueled my, that fueled my understanding that of, of, well, if, if it's not limited to sports media, obviously this, this rampant dishonesty, it's, it's everywhere. And once I started to reevaluate my relationship with the information, my, my information sources, meaning the nightly news or the Los Angeles times or whatever I was reading years ago. Um, it really forced me to, 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 to come to an understanding that, that if you want the real information, you're gonna have to go find it. So it's not going to be presented on your nightly news. So I, I think that that, dis, that distrust of the corporate media early on from a totally, uh, you know, a, diff, a completely different line of work, it carried over into my research today. It made me it made me suspicious of them, which I think everyone should be. And and it made me question it made me have to go back retroactively and question all the things that I was told by my media. Now that I understand who they are and what they do is anything real. And once you start down that rabbit hole, nine 11 being the big one for me, but not, not limited to that. Once you start to go down that rabbit hole and you start to see the co-conspirators being like the media and, and, and institutions like that, it, it, I can't get off the ride anymore. I have a compulsion to explain what I'm seeing to people because I feel like if they see it, then they won't become a victim of it, or at least it'll be harder harder for them to become victimized by by this. And um, so I'm. I feel like I'm. I, I feel like I'm. I'm in it. I'm. I'm. I'm committed to we, this. We actually, we had a class in film school where they outright taught us how to craft a narrative. Uh, it, was wow. a, it was a media class. Yeah. You know, they didn't come right out and say, we're going to teach you how to lie. And this was, right. fi- this was film school too. This wasn't like broadcasting school. But we had a class on, uh, on like media and uh, how the news works. And they just outright told us, this is how you craft a narrative. These are the types of words you use. And, but, see, I didn't learn anything from that class just looking back, maybe there was something subconscious that I picked up on. And then later on in life, here I am today. And a lot of what I talk about, like you, is based on, I guess, what I didn't learn in film school, but what was directly taught to me and what, what my experience was with those kinds of uh, those kinds of ideologies, let's call them. And those things yeah, are... Yeah, and when you mentioned earlier... Go ahead. The, the, America, the American Medical Association, that document that we were just talking about, how it was telling them how to run the, you know, the, the interviews and everything. 
I, I read that in my, you know, my, my, my sports media mind went off like, Oh my God, this, these people are devious. <laughs> you know, this, is, <laughs> this is what we, uh, you know, if we wanted to, we could teach our clients how to do this stuff too, you know, but we, we, we don't, we don't teach that. This is the, this, this is how you teach people to answer questions when you're teaching them how to lie. We're not, we don't, we don't love that. But so it's, it's been, it's been, um, it's been a progression for me, you know, watching, you know, starting with the media and seeing their lies and then saying, well, okay, okay, if this is a lie, what else is there? And then that leads you further and further. It leads you to government. It leads you to, to, uh, um, the stories that were being told currently with regard to pharmaceutical and you, and what you come away with is, okay, I get it. It's all a lie, you know? And then someone says, well, don't say that that's blackpilled. It's like, okay, well it's, it's all a lie. I'm not saying we can't figure it out and I'm not saying we can't break it and make the system not work anymore, but we do have to acknowledge that. I think the first step in acknowledging that you have, you know, to getting, getting to the root of fixing something is acknowledging that you have a problem. And so I think that where we are culturally is that we all collectively need to acknowledge we have a problem. We have a problem with our news. We have a problem with our, our source of information. If we're getting, bad information, we're going to have uh, a, a wonky outlook on the world. And then the decisions that we make in life will come from a, from that place. So we're, we're setting ourselves up for a catastrophe here when in schools, they don't teach the kids how to think. They just teach them what to think. And that is that's nails on the chalkboard for someone for, for us, you know, because we're, we're out there. We're not, I'm not trying to tell my audience how to think. I'm just saying, don't you think it sounds suspicious when you see something like this? Or wouldn't you agree with me that it seems dishonest when the media says X, Y, and Z about this? So, so I'm not saying I have all the answers and I'm not saying I'm going to tell you exactly how to think, but I do think, I do believe that people should be a little bit more, skeptical of the established narratives because the narratives are coming from people whose uh, agenda we are still a bit unsure of. It is not as crystal clear as these people are doctors. They're all trying to save us. Well, it's a little bit more nuanced. There's a financial component. There's a media component. There's a lot of factors at play. So, it's, it's yeah, otherwise been, otherwise that's yeah. that's that's far too oversimplified. I mean, so much of what we hear, what we interact with, what we see, it's all based on a fallacy. You know, the idea that you only have two options. It's the false dilemma. The idea that you know you're either with us or you're with the terrorists, as George Bush said. Right. That <laughs> right. That's pretty much uh, the same narrative that we have today. And and that's the thing is it doesn't matter if it's nine eleven. You're with us. You're you're or you're with the terrorists. You know, the war in Iraq and invasion of Afghanistan. Or it's SARS-CoV-2, COVID-19, and vaccines. You're either a pro-vax or you're anti-vax. There's no space in between. So once you understand that language, as we've been talking about tonight, then you can read news articles. I don't care if they're news articles about Bigfoot. I don't care if they're news articles about COVID. I don't care if they're news articles about the moon. Whatever you're reading, you can apply that knowledge. You can apply that understanding and that language comprehension. And then you can pick out the inconsistencies. And you can do that. Uh, and find that, as, as you said, uh, you could utilize uh, that AMA chart to basically teach somebody to lie. Uh, you're doing the opposite. 
with what you do with your job. And although I don't have that kind of job and I do this professionally, uh, I've learned that language because reading so much of what is part of the mainline narrative and reading so many books, like I'm always reading, I'm always uh, consuming and digesting information, I start coming across inconsistencies and I start to recognize the patterns of intentional deception, uh, information taken out of context. And then I just sit back and think, like we said earlier, well, why is nobody else noticing this? And the thing is, people are noticing it. It's just, you know, it's a matter of the context within the individual. If I'm not interacting with people who notice it, then to me, nobody notices it. If I start interacting with people like you, Charlie, I think, well, everybody gets this. And then when I step into the world outside of that, Nobody gets it again. So it's about perception management. And that's what all this is. It's psychology, perception management, and coercing people to conform to a confirmation bias to live in an echo chamber so that they can be comfortable with what they have, even if what they have is a fabrication. And that's that's the whole idea of the metaphor of the matrix, or at least what it's become. That's the whole idea of... Uh, of um, what do they call now, uh, like mass psychosis. It's putting people mm-hmm. into a frenzied state so emotions are more important than information to a point now, Charlie, where factual information is now considered an opinion. And opinions in media are projected as facts. And that changing of the terminology and the definition, just like the difference between of and with, Dying of as opposed to dying with. Just like the definition of vaccine or the definition of virus, which meant poison. Now it means something else. The changing of those words in that dictionary from 1984, it's something as simple as those words that can literally change everything because those words, cursive, sending a curse, spelling, casting a spell, that is magic. And so whether you come at it from a political point of view or an esoteric point of view, you can't ignore that. Because at the core of it all is understanding and projection based on what those words are. And then once you understand that, the whole thing opens up. Facts are racist. You know that. <laughs> well, they're not, they're not only racist. They're also sexist. They're so, very sexist. So let's be factual. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, t- well t- look, if you t- can control, if you can control um, the words that people use, then you can control their reality. And, um, and we are living in a world that is controlled reality and breaking away from the controllers is scary at first, but for those that are still trying to hang in there and and stick to that paradigm, let go. It's, it's liberating when you, when you finally acknowledge that you're not alone, you're not imagining this, you're not, maybe you are a conspiracy theorist, whatever that means, but you're not you're not wrong in your assessment. You have the ability for critical thought. You're using it. You're analyzing things. You have great sense of pattern recognition, something that you saw once it's not adding up. There's something in you that makes you think that all of this is a bit fake. And the truth is you're right. You're on it. The reason why you feel that way is because you're really starting to think and you're really starting to analyze it and it's becoming crystal clear. So We've been conditioned lately to not go with our gut, to think that, um, you know, how could we possibly know anything? We're just these dumb little people and everyone else up there on your television knows more about this than you. That is a lie. That is not the case. And um, 
you know, I'm glad that we are a, we have the opportunity to have these conversations because you, you can talk about this stuff and get people, you never know. You never know. Like I have an advertising background too. And, 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 you know, there's stats that should say, you've got to show someone this, the advertisement seven times before it finally you know, gets into their brain. Okay. Well maybe this conversation you and I are having is going to be the seventh time someone has heard this information and it's finally going to click. So we're going to keep doing this. We're going to keep talking because everybody's at a different pace. Everybody's getting this information at a different rate. And someone might, this might've been the final conversation they needed to wake up and where others, this is the first time they're hearing this and they think we're insane. So, <laughs> Well, Charlie, I want to thank you for coming on the show tonight. I, I, I know that you have uh, the octopus of global control. You also have controlled demolition of the American empire. Where can yes. listeners find those books and give us a little bit of a description of the controlled demolition. Controlled Demolition of the American Empire, I wrote with Jeff Berwick from the Dollar Vigilante. That was a, we made the comparison between how you would take down an actual building with how you would take down the American Empire. Things like identifying the support columns, rigging the detonators, pushing down the plunger, clearing the debris, things like that. So we did it sort of a chapter by chapter uh, metaphor between how you go about the process of taking something down that seems very stable like a building and how you can convert that into a pile of rubble in a relatively small amount of time. And we put that out the day, the, the Friday before election day, 2020, it was a number one bestseller on election day. That to me is great for a variety of reasons, but just the irony of it happening on election day was, was phenomenal. Jeff Berwick runs the largest anarchist convention in the world too. So the, the irony wasn't lost on him as well. I've got a new book that's out called hypocrisy. It's spelled hypocrisy, uh, surviving in a world of cultural double standards. People can find that wherever oh they can find that on amazon in a paperback format and and digitally you can also find information about my books um at my website the octopus of and since we're wrapping up here we'll we'll mention this uh, since the dear friend of ours kev baker is gone and i heard him in that intro yes um there is a gofundme set up for him I will uh, provide Ryan the link to that. If you are in a position where you have more money than time, please donate your money to help Kev's family. If you're in a position where you have more time than money, well, then spread the word. Share the the link to this. Kev Baker was a great guy. He's one of he's both of our friends. He had a a deep lust for the truth, but he also had a great sense of humor. He, he recognized Such the insanity of it all. Yeah. He was, he had a good ability to, to laugh at this. I connected with him, uh, very much and he is deeply missed. So if you're, if you're thinking of keeping his memory alive, you can support him, uh, his family through the GoFundMe that link that we'll put, or you can go to gofundme.com and search Kev baker and it should come up he's he was in glasgow scotland and um he died from he had copd very bad and was on a wait list for a lung transplant that didn't come well i wanted to say too that i really don't have a lot of money i am uh, always struggling month to month with radio but uh, i've also gone over and donated a few dollars to that gofundme as well and i've got that linked up on our facebook page at facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings and for those of you who might not have heard my statement on Kev Baker, 
I don't like to put a bunch of stuff on social media, but I did dedicate Monday's show to Kev because it was a lot of the the same stuff that Kev and I would talk about, and I, I knew that he would appreciate that. So that show is in the archive. It's totally free to listen to. Uh, the first half hour is kind of like a Kev Baker segment, and uh, yeah, Kev Baker will absolutely be missed uh, by myself as much as Charlie and, and so many of you listening out there who were also fans of Kev. Thank you for mentioning that, Charlie. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he was a good guy and he was on the right side of, uh, he was on the right side of this fight. And he, did, he did not sell out. He would, he could have sold out, but he did not sell out. No, he didn't sell out. It wasn't in his nature. He's a tough, he was a tough little bastard. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, he was. I mean, I, I just, every time I think of Kev now, I just, I, I mean, I, every time I thought of Kev before I would always laugh, but now there's like a, a morbid, a morbidness to it, but uh, there's something joyous about it because Kev, even after he's passed on, he still makes me smile. I'm still laughing when I think about the interactions I've had with him. Me too. Me too. And I, and I, I, it'll be easier at some point, but, but even just in my day to day life, when, uh, before Kev passed away, I was in the mall. I saw a store that was just, the store's called Q. I took a picture of it and sent it to him <laughs> saying, Hey Kev, uh, you need anything from the store? <laughs> you know, it's, so I will probably live the rest of my life and see something funny and think, Oh man, I should, I should have sent Kev. I'd, I'd send Kev an email about that one in a second. You know, that was the 17th store is what that was. <laughs> right. <laughs> Charlie Robinson from macro aggressions here on the fringe FM Monday and Friday. This is the secret teachings Monday through Friday on the fringe. And then a one-hour special TST Weekends show on Saturday mornings on Aftermath FM. The free archive is on the website and everywhere you can find a podcast streamer, The Secret Teachings and TST Weekends, or you can access the, the full show archive with no advertisements on our website. That and my books, that's how we support the show. www.thesecretteachings.info. Charlie, thank you. Thanks for having me, Ryan. I appreciate it. All right, we'll talk soon. Charlie Robinson, I'm Ryan Gable. This is Secret Teachings on the Fringe FM. Stay safe, stay healthy, stay informed, and we'll talk to you on the next broadcast. Broadcast.